Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 345 for Tuesday, the 29th of April, 2014. Nice to see you. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm Krista Wells. Krista, tonight we are going to be talking with the guys from CDNJS. We've got Ryan Kirkman right. here, as well as Thomas Davis uh, joining us uh, tonight to talk about their service, how you can yes. use that to speed up your website. Absolutely free. That's very cool. So you don't want to miss out on that. If you have a website and you want to make it go faster, stick around. We're going to be talking to those guys in just a couple minutes' time. Absolutely. And here's what, com- what is coming up in the newsroom tonight. The U.S. has ordered Microsoft to hand over private user information held on servers in Ireland. The Heartbleed bug is allowing security researchers to hack the hackers. Hmm. Yahoo is getting in on the digital television boom. Very exciting. And so it begins. Microsoft has announced a serious exploit for all Internet Explorer users and XP users are in trouble. Uh-oh. Stick around. These stories are coming up later in the show. It'll be a good one. We've also got Eco Alkalines batteries to give away a full year supply. Find out if you were the winner tonight. All you have to do is just stick around and watch the show. We'll see you after this. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Hey, uh... So nice to have you here. My name is Robbie Ferguson. I'm Krista Wells. Krista, I am excited to have uh, some great guys coming on the show in just a couple minutes' time. Absolutely. uh, From CDNJS. Stick around. You want to find out all about their service and how you can put it into use on your website. Before we get into that, um, Krista, take it away. Oh, well, Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. That's cat5.tv slash TPN and the International International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash IAIB. I really wanted to say thank you to everybody who has donated to the show this week. Uh, it is very, very helpful. And, and we keep this show free for you to view and your donations help us to be able to do that. So thank you so much to everyone who sent in a contribution cat5.tv slash c will take you to our tip jar and of course we've got a really interesting way that you can support the show as well by going to shop.category5.tv and you'll see some links there for products uh, whether they be our products like shirts and and stickers and things with our our logo on it or uh, even some links to Amazon products uh, because we're actually partnered with Amazon and and if you go to our website category5.tv click on support us and you'll see our affiliate links you can actually go to Amazon really interesting way to support the show because if you're going to buy something on Amazon anyways, it doesn't matter if it's amazon.com.ca.uk, you know, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Uh, we're we're uh, affiliated with all of them. Um, it's a neat way to support the show because you don't end up paying any more, but a small percentage of your purchase goes toward uh, supporting Category 5 Technology TV, so we appreciate everyone who has done that. Also, make sure you go over to our mobile site. It's m.cat5.tv. You'll be able to check out the show there live, as well as listen live, and you can check out the back episode as well. That is m.cat5.tv. Without any further delays, CDNJS. Did they get a drum roll? A drum roll would be great. Hey, CDNJS! They are a, <laughs> uh, a service that basically speeds up your website. I'm going to let them do the talking. Mm-hmm. Ryan and Thomas, it's so nice to see you guys. Thanks very much, Robbie. Nice to have you here. Uh, first of all, I want to uh, well, let's introduce yourselves. Uh, I see Ryan at the top there. We are on. Uh, this is kind of interesting because t- today is the first day, kind of that uh, the group uh, conversations for Skype came out for free. It's now available. 
So this is the kind of the first first experiment to get this thing going. So we've got kinda both of you guys here. Guinea pig in it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, kind of guinea pig yeah. in a little bit. But it looks like it's work <laughs> is working out. So uh, CDNJS, what is it? Ah, great question. Um, Thomas or me? What do you reckon? Take it away. All right. So CDNJS, so a little bit of background. Um, Thomas and I have been building websites together for almost a decade now. Um, and right out of college, uh, we did a startup. So probably one of the most valuable things to come out of that startup, um, which is now defunct, is CDNJS. So way back in, in the distant history of uh, internet time, so early 2011, the only public sort of free CDN around at that time was Google uh, Ajax libraries. And what they did was they hosted jQuery and Dojo and MooTools, and that's awesome. Um, but we sort of were using some smaller libraries at that time, um, for example, Underscore and Backbone, and we're like, all right, guys, um, would you mind adding Underscore and Backbone to your CDN? And uh, in typical Google fashion, there was absolutely no response. Uh. So it was about that time that actually Amazon CloudFront had just been released. So it was sort of possible for uh, you know, a small independent developer to access this massive CDN. Mm -hmm. So we thought, hey, you know, why don't we make our own? So uh, I'm sure a whole bunch of other people have that problem. And here we are today. So interestingly enough, though, to create our own CDN, let's say I, as, an, as a user, wanted to put my uh, assets for my website into, say, you use CloudFront as the example. Well, th there are other advantages to something like CDNJS. I'm going to just kind of hit on caching. Uh, maybe we should talk a little bit about that. Before I move on, though, I, I already know that there's a lot of viewers that are probably going, what? What? Sorry, what? What does all this mean? Um, basically, your website is, you know, it's code, and we use different libraries to build websites. A popular one that, uh, that Ryan mentioned there is called jQuery, and uh, that gives us access to certain functionality that allows, you, allows us, the website developers, to do some pretty cool things mm -hmm. so that your, basically your browsing experience is enhanced. So it could be anything as simple as a drop-down menu to full uh, user interface and the user experience itself. Um, so hosting those things on my own server is going to pull resources from my own server. And if there mm -hmm. are 100 people looking at my website all at once, it it's pulling all this down data. a little bit. Yeah, and it slows things down and your user, you know, the response time is going to be slowed down. So I can put them on S3 and CloudFront. But what are, what's the advantage? I mean, I, I touched on caching a little bit. Thinking about CDNJS, how do you do things differently? Okay, Thomas, how about uh, get that one? All right, so content distribution network. Um, essentially, uh, our Cloudflare network has, I think it's about 24 different like, worldwide locations. Is that right, Brian? Yeah, 26 right? now, in fact, I think. Yeah. So uh, essentially, when you serve your files, uh, if you had an American server, you would put that file on your um, American server. And um, anyone from requesting it from around the world would have to bring it down from your American server. Uh, the best part about a content distribution network is that before anyone pulls it down, it is copied to 24, those 24 different servers. And uh, when someone requests a file from your website, it will actually figure out the closest location to pull those files from. Right. So the, there's, a, there's an edge location, it's called, in Australia. And um, we can actually serve your website from Australia instead of serving it from the United States. For Australian, which saves a lot of latency and a lot of time for users. Sure. So to, to take that and, and kind of summarize that for the viewers, uh, if Jod is watching in the Netherlands, for example, and he goes to our website, he's going to actually be receiving the assets through CDNJS from a, a server that's more local to him than, say, our U.S. servers. That's absolutely right. And in fact, there's another benefit to using a CDN as well. So browsers these days are really smart. And what they're going to do is they're going to look at all of the files they have to grab off the server. And they'll inspect the URL. And if the URL is something that they've seen before, what they'll actually do is they'll have it in their cache, which is just basically a dump of all of the assets that they've seen on other files. Right. And what they can do is, if they've seen that URL before, they can pull that asset or, say, jQuery uh, out of their local browser cache without even having to go to the server. So, for example, if our friend in the Netherlands has been to any other website that uses CDNJS and loads jQuery, 
his browser will already have that. And so he won't even incur the uh, round trip time to our edge location. So we're basically looking at instantaneous response time. Say if I go to Krista's website and she's using jQuery, using the CDNJS kind of hosting platform, and then goes to category5.tv and it loads it from my computer. So it's instantaneous. It doesn't even have to get it through the web. That's awesome. Right. Yeah, there's a, a few, there's a bit more complexity to it these days. Chrome does some intelligent guesses as to whether it wants to reload content or not, and Firefox as well. But that's the general idea, absolutely. Very cool. So the, the fact is there are other CDNs out there. I think about, in particular, you mentioned Google, and a lot of people mm-hmm. use Google for jQuery, and that's the example that we're using. So what sets CDNJS apart from, say, Google or Microsoft CDN services? So uh, I'll go off Ryan's introduction of CDNJS. When we first introduced it, we uh, actually uh, set up a user voice account, which back in the day was a system for people to vote for which libraries they think should be on a CDN. And uh, we had this idea that we would try to um, make it as a very collaborative and uh, like a community movement as opposed to uh, just a company. And uh, so we had this huge community movement, and um, we had a lot of loyal adopters in the first year. And uh, over the last four years, I think we've, you know, we have about 800 contributors a year now. Sorry, and 800. This many contributors. Uh, what was that, sir? Sorry, it was 800. I didn't catch that part there. It was 800 what? Uh, contributors. Um, open source contributors. So on oh, GitHub. contributors to the project. Yeah. Really? So you guys aren't it. No, no, no. It's a community <laughs> effort. And, uh, oh, very cool. We have a, there's probably a lot more than 800 people, too. That's just what GitHub seems to report more sure. or service. And uh, with that many people, we're actually able to maintain a, a good collection of libraries. So Google Google actually only has about eight libraries, ten libraries, I believe. Maybe wow. a bit more now. But CDNJS boasts about 800 plus libraries. And we keep them up to date using the community. Um, broke up a everyone. little bit there, Thomas. Did you say that you have more than 800 libraries versus Google's 8 or 10? Uh, correct. Wow. And uh, we have a decent response time for keeping the versions up to date. Uh, we try very hard to make sure it's in 24 hours, but sometimes you know, we, we fall behind. It could take up to a week for us to update a version sometimes. Sure. But for the major libraries, we tend to keep them up to date. And we have, uh, not only do we have part-time contributors who um, who come in and send a pull request on GitHub occasionally, but we have uh, a few main curators, we call them essentially, uh, such as Pete Cooper, who I'll give a shout out to for the last year, Pete Cooper, who's just another moderator of ours who essentially has been updating everything daily wow. and making sure everything is up to date. And another one is Drew Failing from Australia. How many? Now we know. Okay, so about 800 people are contributing to the project. We've got uh, several hundred libraries, and I can I can attest to that. A, a recent experience that I had was I'm I'm learning to use Bootstrap, and and I know that's kind of silly because it's a little you know we're on Bootstrap three, but it's, I, I'm I'm old school, so I like to make my own my own stuff, and, <laughs> and so this is a, a way for me to save some some time as I'm programming a website. So. What did I do is I went on to CDNJS, and I was astounded at how many of the assets that I required, be it the libraries, be it the CSS, all mm-hmm. minified, mind you, um, and, and all of these uh, supplemental uh, plugins for Bootstrap. And, and Bootstrap just being an example, there is a ton of mm-hmm. available stuff on CDNJS for me to use to increase the productivity you know, of me as a web designer, uh, but also produce the speed of, or uh, increase the speed of my website through just the delivery mechanism that's there. So with that many libraries and understanding that you've got so many people that are maintaining these, how do you keep on top of, say, new versions coming out or uh, you know, perhaps with, uh, you know, there was a, an exploit recently with, uh, with one of the video players uh, on HTML5. How do you address those kinds of things, um, like, say, a, a cross-browser cross, uh, scripting bug or whatever, cross-XML or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. Well, I'll let Ryan do on a couple of the video and I'll cover the auto update. Yeah, so to, to give you a bit of a background, so the way we started this was we wanted it to be a completely open and transparent process. And so we're hosting yeah. it on a platform called GitHub. So okay. absolutely everything you do, you can see a complete history of the project from its right. very inception right till now. So 
What we've done up until now is we've asked our users to sort of tell us when they want something to be updated. So either we've gone ourselves and manually pulled a new version, or we've waited for, say, Robbie to come along and say, hey, guys, there's a new version of jQuery. Here's the files I'd like you to add. What we do is we verify them against the official source, um, make sure that there's no malicious content. For example, Robbie's not trying to hack a whole bunch of websites on CDNJS. Sure. And then we'll merge that into the main project. So that worked fine for uh, quite a few years. But now, um, as we've said, we've sort of had 800 contributors in, say, the past year, which is a huge number of pull requests. That's, that's many more than one pull request every day. Mm. So what we've done now is we've said, all right, how can we automate what we're doing? How can we take the manual process out of this and turn it into tooling? And that's, uh, that's what Thomas has got to talk about. He defers to you, Thomas. Uh, looks like, I'm not sure go. if your mic has uh, has stopped working there, Thomas. I, I muted my mic. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, he muted it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, we were spending a lot of time, even with um, good uh, people coming on to help us out the project for like a lot of the time. It, we, it still took a lot of our time. So um, recently, we've been uh, experimenting with ideas on how we can actually get libraries uh, up to date on CDNJS uh, all the time. So essentially yep. real-time versions and um, it's, it's quite easy to do but it's, it's a little bit problem problematic so our first attempt at it is that there's the uh, npm registry which is an ojs sort of package manager and uh the npm registry is the go-to place for uh, downloading assets uh ruby gems is the equivalent or even you could say like uh debian packages sure yeah. and uh, the thing is a lot of the projects on CDNJS are also uploaded to NPM, mm -hmm. and uh, NPM revolves around authors of their libraries pushing their source code to it. Yep. So essentially, what we then get is a, a big repository with, uh, of valid packages uploaded by the proper authors, which we can actually pull down uh, and trust it, trust the source. Okay. So we've been uh, enabling uh, quite a few libraries on CDNJS to just pull down from that source and uh, check every 15 minutes, essentially, to see if there's any version. If there is, bring it down, extract it, and upload it to the CDN. So, so we've uh, we're up to 100 libraries now that have this uh, wow. updated. It sounds really similar to, uh, say, a Linux repository kind of methodology. Is that kind of the, the way that you're distributing and keeping things up to date? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, both and all. Very cool. So obviously very well thought out as far as the, the how CDNJS works, very technical. And, uh, you know, so a lot of the information, you know, some of us understand, some of us don't. Thomas, for example, I heard something about pushing to the, pushing a branch, something along those lines anyways, inside thing. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he just I, got it, just got it. Okay, it's all good. It's all good. So... My question, so I'm an end user, okay? So I'm not the guy who's who's pushing out on GitHub new uh, packages and, and things like that to keep you up to date. Mm -hmm. I'm Robbie Ferguson who's programming a website and I need jQuery. I'm used to downloading it to my server and putting it into the JS folder and linking to it. Now I hear about CDNJS. I hear that it's so much better. You guys have grown exponentially. I want you to talk about uh, briefly about how many uh, people are using your service, but what kinds of fears do I have now? If I'm hosting with you, what happens, you know, what's the reliability? Do I have to worry about my site breaking because I'm hosting assets with somebody else mm -hmm. and I'm doing so for free? How is this possible? Right. So, so... First of all, uh, in regards to the reliability, so the, the people or the company handling our backend infrastructure is Cloudflare. Um, so essentially, I mean, they host uh, a huge number of very high-profile websites. Sure um, they've been involved in um, a number of DDoS mitigation attacks, so their network capacity is phenomenal. Um, and so what they're doing is, is they're providing the sort of the edge locations for us. Um, in regards to growth, uh, the growth has been phenomenal as well. So when we started back in 2011, uh, we got 6,000 hits in the first month. We're like, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So at this level of growth, we might have 100,000 hits um, by the end of the year. 
So those those numbers have sort of been and gone and very quickly. And we're up to billions of hits a month right now, um, used on over 150,000 websites and a bunch of really big name websites. For example, xbox.com is one of the users. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I kind of lost track of the other questions, yeah. which were there. So, so, <laughs> some other sites too using CDNJS. I think McDonald's was even using CDNJS at one point. Uh, CartoonNetwork.com is using CDNJS and PC Advisor in the UK is using CDNJS. Yeah. So you know, a, a fair amount of large websites use CDNJS. Also, you know, we, we have a trusted reputation at this point. Now, for the last four years, we essentially haven't had any, up until two weeks ago, we haven't had anything, uh, any security concerns at all. Um, and we haven't had any major downtimes. Uh, we haven't we haven't supplied 100% uptime, but I don't know who has. So I'm not yeah, super yeah. Sad about that. Um, yeah, and uh, as Ryan said, Cloudflare's network is just phenomenal. Um, Very cool. Yeah, we use that. we use Cloudflare here at the show as well, and it's been a, a fantastic way for us to cut down. You know, when DDoSs come, it's a really great way for us to be able to to thwart the attacks. Uh, so, you know, we have a lot of faith in, in Cloudflare here as well. Um, my other question there uh, for you, Ryan and Thomas, uh, from cdnjs.com. Uh, how is it that you provide the service for free and, you know, how does that work as, as a business model for you guys? Right. So, basically, CDNJS, well, has always been completely free and, in fact, open source. The way we originally did it was we hosted it on Amazon CloudFront and we did some projections and we said, all right, if we get 10 million hits a month, that'll be about $30 a month. We can pay that out of our own pocket. Um, but we very rapidly blew through that sort of usage. So um, at a later stage, uh, one of the early JavaScript engineers at Cloudflare sort of noticed us and eventually Cloudflare approached us sort of about a partnership about helping us deal with uh bandwidth usage so what they've done is they said hey guys we sort of have um, massive network capacity um, and we have enough spare capacity to to host you guys for about as long as you want to work with us so uh, that's been the situation for uh, about a year or two now at least okay yep and and also CDNJS has kind of evolved into two projects at once one we offer the CDN by Cloudflare the partnership of Cloudflare but also, it's kind of just turned into a, a, like a, a package manager, a package manager essentially. So it's a big collection of uh, files, and there's no reason why anyone can't actually serve these files because it's all open source. Uh, Google libraries, if they ever felt like they should uh, have more libraries, they can essentially just upload CDNJS to their CDN and serve it. And the same goes for Amazon or even GitHub. And uh, this has been the case because we actually have. Uh, Problems in China at the moment with Cloudflare, China's Great Wall, Great Wall of China blocks yeah, yeah. occasionally. So what we've had is um, there's been Chinese open source developers who have gotten contact with content distribution distribution networks in China and actually have I think it's called CDNJS.cn, okay. um, and they actually offer the Chinese version of CDNJS. Yeah, and we don't have any official endorsement or anything like this or any partnership, but there's no uh, completely fine and people have yeah. Yeah, married CDNJS on their own network. That's interesting. Is there documentation about that particular issue? Because I, as a developer who is you know, developing my own uh, program, my show, Category 5 TV, into mainland China, we run into the same thing as you guys where the government blocks um, Western content. And so it becomes a real problem for distribution and getting our product out there. So uh, so it's interesting to note that, okay, so CDNJS may have problems in China, but we have a way around it. Um, is there any documentation available for that kind of thing? Or Actually, we haven't actually put up any notice. The, the problem is that it does work in China. Um, so there's three cases. It works in China, it's very slow in China, or it doesn't work at all. Right. And we actually haven't had enough reports of it not working at all. Yep. And I've had people say it does work in China. So we're a little bit iffy there. I guess we should put up a statement, though, about just issues in general. Yeah. And also, also in regards to using this service in China, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like in our best interest to trust Cloudflare to negotiate those concerns because they have a vested interest in ensuring that their millions of websites um, are accessible in China. Absolutely. And I'm sure as professional network operators, they have the, the right connections to be able to negotiate a deal, if any. Mm-hmm. Because trying to use sort of like... 
otherwise it's just a case of trying to stay one step ahead of the great firewall of China. Like, all right, they've blocked this service, then this service, then this service. Yeah, it's kind of a cat and mouse game. Yeah, no, and yeah. We've, we've absolutely been there. And we do have a fair number of viewers who are watching in China. Um, so let us know what your experience is. If you're in mainland, mainland China, I know, you know, I receive emails and a lot of you tend to use proxies and, and ways around this, uh, this particular issue. Uh, but it would be interesting to note. So, uh, but you guys are doing a great job and, and, you know, it's a fantastic service. Do you have any particular use cases that are uh, kind of interesting to our viewers? Uh, any particular um, services that are using your service that, you know, beyond just the scale, but some interesting use uh, of your service? Anything come to mind at all? Well, there is a Sublime Text plugin, which is super cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically just a package that you can search uh, CDNJS on, uh, search for whatever library you want, and drop it into uh, your file. And also, there's a similar thing for CodePen.io. So, yeah, they're great things to check out. Chris, as a CodePen. Sorry, go ahead, Thomas. Like, uh, CodePen.io is like JSFiddle.net, just places where uh, I'm not sure if other viewers have seen it, but you can create, you can put HTML, CSS, and JavaScript yeah. in this little browser. And it renders it, and then you can share it to anyone you want. Sure. And JS Fiddle and CodePen both have support for CDNJS, so you can load assets straight from CDNJS. And uh, a lot of developers actually use CDNJS, and myself use it for prototyping. When I'm creating a quick page, if I have to copy, go to back my website, download the files, put them in the folder, serve the folder, it's a lot slower than if I've just um, copied the CDNJS URL. So I, I think a fair portion of our users actually don't use CDNJS in production. Um, we do have 180,000 websites. I think it's up from 150,000 using it. Mm -hmm. But uh, a lot of people use it for development. Sure. Yeah, I don't have to host the libraries locally. I don't have to find all the files and accumulate them. Um, and we're going to demonstrate as soon as we're done here, guys. I want to show you uh, at home. Yeah, I'd like to show you CDNJS just so that you can see how easy it is to find the libraries mm -hmm. that you're looking for. Uh, we use jQuery as the example. Guys, uh, how can we, uh, beyond obviously making mention of CDNJS and how great you guys are, we use the service. So if you found that over the past little while that Category 5, uh, the website has gotten faster and, and more optimized, CDNJS is a big part of that, uh, moving our, our libraries off of our own hosting. We used to try to host things on S3, same kind of thing, going through uh, CloudFront and everything. But the cache thing comes into play where you're still loading it from my S3 account every time that you... Uh, you know, as soon as your cache is, is done, you're not getting it from uh, a centralized source. So, guys, how can we support CDNJS as a free service? I want to know what can we do uh, to really get you guys some attention. Well, first and foremost, uh, we always love pull requests. So if you ever have a version that needs to be updated, feel yep. free to come and update it for us. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's an interesting model that I can say. Uh, you know, I really want to see the new version of X application on CDNJS, and mm -hmm. I can actually go onto GitHub and I can do that, and it distributes it to the entire infrastructure of CDNJS. That's awesome. Absolutely, and then you're a contributor to the CDNJS project as well, so open source contribution points. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, it's cdnjs.com, just as Ryan's footer there says, cdnjs.com. Check them out. We're going to take a quick look, boys. Thank you so much for being on the show. Nice to see you, and keep up the great work. Thanks very much, Robbie. Take care. Later. Have a good night. This is Category 5 Technology TV. You'll find us online, www.category5.tv. I want to really quickly, uh, Krista, if I may, just show Absolutely. what CDNJS looks like here. We're just going to bring yeah, it up give you a, a little preview of everything we were just kind of talking about. Yeah, cdnjs.com. Check this out. Really, really easy to use. I mean, we use jQuery as the example, right? A lot of us yes. use jQuery. It's a fantastic library. I, I used to use it off of the Google uh, CDN. And then I realized that there just wasn't a whole lot there. As uh, Thomas was saying, there's eight or ten different libraries available. So I type in jQuery, and there's my jQuery library. So it automatically defaults to the, the newest version, Minified. If I click on it, it will take me to all these different versions of jQuery. So if my program, if my web app or my website already features jQuery, all I have to do to change over to CDNJS is go here and say, okay, well, here's the minified version of 2.1.0, and I just copy that to my clipboard. I go back to my website code, mm -hmm. and I replace the local or other hosted copy of jQuery uh, with the CDNJS 
and then it's ho- it's that's hosted. It. Yeah, that's it. That's all. <laughs> and then it's pointing to uh, this fantastic service that, as they were saying, is based on the CDN infrastructure of Cloudflare. Um, so it is going to distribute. You know, if I'm in the United States, I'm going to get it from a server in the United States. If I'm in Canada, I'm going to get it from a server close to Canada. If I'm, you know, wherever you are, you're going to get it from an endpoint that is closer to home so you're not um, getting the the same kind of slow response times mm-hmm. from those libraries so fantastic work over at cdnjs recommend that you uh, check those out and uh, those guys out and uh, if you have any questions for them interesting fact is you can go over to cdnjs.com jump up to community chat enter your name say hello and uh, there's ryan there hey ryan that's all there is to it to, to getting a hold of these guys. So <laughs> nice and easy. So cdnjs.com, a drop in replacement for all of your libraries uh, using JavaScript, CSS, all that kind of stuff. So great stuff. Thanks, guys. Awesome, awesome. What do you think? Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Have a good night. Ready for it? We've got. I heard that you've got some great news stories. We've got Eco Alkalines batteries to give away. I've got a full year supply that I want to give away. So uh, these could be yours. So stick around. We're going to have those in just a couple minutes' time. Ready for it? Wonderful. Let's jump in. Take it away. All right, folks. Here's the top stories from the Category 5.TV newsroom. A judge in the U.S. has ordered Microsoft to hand over a customer's emails, even though the data is held in Ireland. The company had attempted to challenge a search warrant on the basis that that the information was stored exclusively on computer servers outside of the U.S. Microsoft previously said it planned to offer business and government clients control over where their data resided. This followed concerns about data privacy raised by whistleblower Edward Snowden's leaks about U.S. spying. But the ruling potentially undermines that pledge. The judge said warrants for online data were different to other warrants. The search warrant, which was issued to Microsoft by U.S. authorities, sought information associated with a member of the public's email account, including their name, credit card details, and contents of all messages. Microsoft said it would continue to oppose the release of the Dublin stored data. That's a little bit... um, (laughs) A little bit on the ominous side, because I think there's a certain... And even the Microsoft was basically saying... To their clients, oh, well, we can host it in Ireland, yeah. and then it can't be touched by the American government. And then the government steps in and says, oh, yes, it can. What does that then do? Then your whole world just crashes down. Well, that's that raises some real concerns and questions, because I've always been under the impression that being here in Canada, that we're a little safer from those kinds of things. You would you know, think. Well, because it, it's always said hosting Canada because of mm-hmm. the privacy laws here being so strict, you're, you're, you have right. greater privacy. At least you can use encrypted storage. So, you know, even if the company handed it over, it's encrypted, so it's useless to them. But that they can override those geographic barriers and say, no, you got to give it up. Well, that's a little bit scary. What do you think? Silence. Yeah. Why, why, <laughs> why won't you talk to me? I need to give you a well, microphone. Oh, what's this? That looks like the Heartbilly bug. And it has turned cyber criminals from attackers into victims as researchers use it to grab material from chat rooms where they trade data. Oh, touche, hackers. <laughs> Don't touché. feel so bad. I don't know. Um, discovered in early April, Heartbilly lets attackers uh, steal data from computers using vulnerable versions of some widely used security programs. Now it has given anti-malware researchers access to forms that would otherwise be very hard to penetrate. Hmm. The news comes as others warn that the bug will be a threat for many years. French anti-malware researcher Stephen Kay told the BBC the potential of this vulnerability affecting black hat services where hackers use their skills for criminal ends is just enormous. Heartbleed had put many such forms in a critical position, he said, leaving them vulnerable to attack using tools that exploit the bug. Wow, you would think, uh, maybe mm. this is really naive of me, but you would think that hackers would be the first to know that it's time to upgrade OpenSSL. You would think. Maybe they're just delusional, or they just think they are so good that nothing bad maybe. will ever happen to them. But you'd think that now we'd be like, oh, maybe I should 
upgrade our server. Maybe they're old school hackers and their server is obsolete and it's probably just a bunch of <laughs> pieces a- of toasters <laughs> and stuff put together. And who knows? That could very well be. Pieces of toasters. You can it's quote a possibility, me. folks. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Yahoo has announced two original TV series that will be shown on its website and mobile app. It makes Yahoo the latest technology firm to join the, fa- join the fast-growing market for digital video content. Yahoo said its first two original series will be comedies titled Other Space and Sin City Saints. According to Yahoo, they have received 500 million video views on Yahoo screen in the U.S. since it launched, launched its comedy lineup in, sorry, on the website seven months ago. Kathy Sabat, there are 500 million video views. 500 million video views in how many months? Seven months. Seven months? Yeah, that's pretty... That's pretty impressive. That's pretty good. Yeah. Very cool. I think I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I think so. I'm just saying. Yeah. So Kathy Savitt, Chief Marketing Officer on Yahoo, said in a statement, we are continuing to build our library with universally, universally loved comedy, such as Saturday Night Live and Comedy Central. Yahoo said cool. its two original series will also be available to viewers on Apple TV and Roku. Hey, there you go. Cool. More content for you Roku fans. Just What's yeah, we'll see if it's any good. Of course it'll be good. Of I course. I mean, Yahoo's programming. Oh, <laughs> it's different. Obviously popular. Man, wild. Yes. Microsoft has warned consumers that a vulnerability in its Internet Explorer browser could let hackers gain access and user rights to their computer. The flaw affects Internet Explorer version 6 to 11, and Microsoft said it was aware of limited targeted attacks to exploit it. The U.S. government advised computers using users to consider using alternative web browsers until a security fix is released. While a fix will soon be making its way to Microsoft's newer operating systems, the issue may be of special concern to people still using Windows XP operating system. According to Symantec, this will be the first zero-day vulnerability that will not be patched for Windows XP users. Microsoft has suggested businesses and consumers still using the system should upgrade to a newer, newer alternative. Wow. And while you're using a different browser, you could just... Install Linux. Yeah. Do something, you know, just maybe stick with it. Not go back. Just saying. You guys Here can we get... are. <laughs> I, I totally cut okay. you off. That no, was rude of me. go ahead. I cut you off. Oh, please. We'll talk, we'll talk in a moment. <laughs> You guys can get the full stories at category5.tv slash newsroom. The category5.tv newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with uh, contributions by our community of viewers. If you have a story that you think is worthy of on-air mention, you can email us at newsroom at category5.tv. For the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Krista Wells. Thanks, Krista. Anytime. My thought is that here we are. It's the 29th of April. It is. So it was 20... It is. 29th? It is. Sorry. 20, <laughs> 21 days ago. That Microsoft Windows XP, 21 days, and there is already that first exploit that is severe enough that you cannot continue running this OS. 21 days later, and it's already happened. This is that's serious. We knew it was coming. So. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. Just a matter of 21 days. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are working on our latest music video. It's so exciting, and uh, we want you to be able to submit your uh, your clips for our music video. I think that would be a lot of fun. That'd so be pretty cool. We've extended the deadline by, what is it? Uh, uh, one week. By one week. So next yes. Tuesday is the new deadline. So all you have to do is get over to my blog. It's baldnerd.com, and you're going to find uh, a whole bunch of information there uh, about how to get your video in for our, um, for our music video. Yes. We had a lot of fun uh, shooting some of the music video on Saturday. Did we ever? It was a blast. Thanks to everybody who, uh, who came out. <laughs> it was fun. I yes. was waiting for you to say yes. I know. Yes, I was, it was trying to make it awkward. Brilliant. I think I succeeded. Oh, okay. Totally succeeded. Well... To prove how much fun it was, I, I've started working on the video, started working on the production. It's not by any means complete. So we, this is a rough cut. Is a rough saying. cut. Uh, I may actually change the music as well, but just to give you a brief idea as to how things are going with the, uh, the video production, how things are coming together. Here we go. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
a dance move. Looking pretty good. It's looking pretty good. <laughs> I'm glad that entire clip was just all Krista being uber awkward. Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> Send flushed? in your clips. Get onto my blog at baldnerd.com. What a guy. You can send in your clips. Okay. I've got a year supply of Eco Alkaline's batteries to give away. Check these out. There they are. EcoAlkalines.com is where you're going to find those. It's a full year supply. And here we go for the EcoAlkaline's batteries, one-year supply. These ballots were cast through uh, Facebook, through our website, Category5.tv. Nice to see so many new faces, and good luck to everybody for the year supply of EcoAlkaline's environmentally responsible batteries. There is 0% cadmium, lead, or mercury alkalines batteries that means that they are landfill safe we choose to still recycle them because they do have metal and we might as well do our part that way as well but these will not leak harmful chemicals into the earth they are carbon neutral that means that their carbon footprint is zero the winner tonight is brian mayer congratulations congratulations to brian You are the winner of a year supply of Eco Alkalines batteries. There they are. This is, this is not a year supply. This. this is these are the batter these are some of the batteries. You just have to be very careful what you use them for. Yeah. So it lasts a full year. There you go. So all you got to do, Brian, is uh, pop us a quick email uh, live at category5.tv with your full shipping information address. Uh, sometimes the courier likes, especially with something heavy like batteries, they're going to like to uh, have your phone number as well. Um, so please include that live at category5.tv. Congratulations to Brian, and yes. uh, thank you to everyone for sending in your ballots tonight. And thanks for tuning in to Category 5 Technology TV and for yes. liking EcoAlkalines on Facebook. Uh, they're great. If you haven't already done so, head on over to their website, ecoalkalines.com. Find out more about them. You'll also see the link for their social media profiles. Uh, make sure you like them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter. And uh, make sure you say hi to them for us. Great bunch of people over there at uh, EcoAlkalines. So. Yeah. Congrats, uh, Brian. We have a whole bunch of new viewers oh yeah yeah like say Thanks hi to some yeah, of them let's say hello all right we have uh racing racing welcome hey welcome to the show i think this one is supposed to say click it at dave welcome mr naturopathy hello hey, yeah. welcome to the show jay lester hey jay oh we have roku three lover ah welcome. pete peters could hey could pete be. peters <laughs> chia owl welcome chia owl Shadow. Hey, Shadow. Uh, R. Perilla. Welcome. I like your name. Just Amazing. Hello. I like that. Uh, Queen L. Welcome. Oh, and then uh, let's try the... Uh, Is there a hard one? Rolalen Carr Jr. <laughs> I'm sure if we had some punctuation, it would be easier. Yeah, it's probably a legit out. word, and I'm just, you know, Looks butchering like it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then lastly, we have Dooley JLT. Welcome. Everybody, welcome to the show. Hey, if you haven't already registered, get over to www.category5.tv. You can sign up there. It's absolutely free and be a part of this exciting community here at Category 5 Technology TV. want to also uh, take a quick look at our viewer location map. Say hello to Mexico City. Uh, who else have we got? Phoenix. Phoenix. Nice to see you in Prescott, just north of there, in Toronto, Ontario, and I see us Buffalo. up in Barrie there. Uh, also, Cherry Hill in Philadelphia area, Atlantic City. Uh, there's Seattle over there. Nice to see you out Washington. Loads of viewers tuning in tonight from all around the world through Roku, through our website, Category5.tv, on YouTube, all around the world. Nice to have you joining us. Thank you for tuning in to Category 5 Technology TV. We've got your viewer questions, and uh, I would love to uh, see if we can answer a few of those questions for you tonight. Thanks for sending yeah. them in live at Category5.tv. Looks like we've got some fans in Warsaw as well. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. 
All right. Just trying to find an awesome question. They're all awesome. They're all awesome. All right. Here is one. Let me make my mouse work. It is from Buddha Belly. Hey, Buddha Belly. Question. Wednesday, I was looking for content to add to my Roku and found your channel. Yay. Yes. I decided to watch a couple episodes to see if I liked it. Of course you did. Of course. After watching 55 Did you like it? Oh, I'm on the edge of my seat. Did he like In three what? and a half days. <laughs> 55 episodes in three and a half days? Did you days? sleep? I'm sorry. Are your eyes bloodshot? Probably. How many <laughs> hours are there in three and a half days? 24 times 3.5 is 84. And then an hour per Take episode. Take away 55. That only gave you 29 hours to sleep. 50- we like your dedication. Yeah, we do. Thank you we for like spending it a lot. <laughs> your entire... Wow. Three days. Yes. 55 hours of video. Cool. All right. It says, uh, I decided that when I grow up, I want to be just like Robbie. Bald? Keep up the good work. <laughs> you should be, be a little more specific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can Do you want me to even read the question, or you just want to glow in that too? glowing yeah. review no, right get, there? Let's just stop at "I want to be just like Robbie." How many people say that? I mean, besides your kids, so far one. One. <laughs> you said it once, but you were. Mocking Did, was me. I sarcastic? You were very sarcastic. Oh, yeah. I thought maybe I said something I was going to regret <laughs> for a minute. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Buddha Belly says, after watching the aforementioned episodes, I decided to load Point Linux and virtualize my Windows right. 7 Ultimate install. Nice. I want to keep it because I have Adobe CS6 Master Suite installed and the best app that Microsoft ever coded, OneNote. I have two 640 gigabyte USB 2 passports and a two terabyte USB 3 passport ultra. How do they interact with the two OSs? Okay. Well, info that I store when in Linux overwrite my Windows apps or data, can I do a non-destructive partitioning and use them with both OSs? If you talk about this topic in general, it'd be awesome. Hmm. Okay. So you're you're still thinking along the lines, Budabelli, of physical computers because Windows is not going to be able to read ext3, ext4, and write to them, right? Unless, you know, you hack it and install some drivers and it can cause damage to the drive and blah, blah, blah. Uh, similarly, NTFS drives, you're not going to install Linux on NTFS. You, you can read and write to NTFS, no problem, but you're not going to install Linux on NTFS. That's just poor performance. It's, a, it's a, you know, it fragments, another thing. With your virtual machine, here's where we just got to change the way that we think about our operating systems because remember that that is virtual hardware. So that means if your Linux computer, the host, has access to one of those passport drives, these external hard drives, and you format it as ext4, ext3, whatever it is, it's a Linux file system, right? Now, of course, Windows natively, if you plug that into a physical Windows computer, it wouldn't be able to read it. Well, no, hold on. It's not a physical Windows computer. It's a virtual machine right? running through Linux. So as long as Linux can see the hard drive, it can then virtualize the hard drive to the virtual machine, and the virtual machine will not know the difference. Windows 7 will just think it's another hard drive. So um, the way that I might approach that is I would connect it to my host, and then I would I probably I might network it and share that. And then I'd use the, uh, the virtual machine to access it through what the virtual machine thinks is a network. In fact, it's on the same computer. It's just connecting through a Samba share uh, on your Linux machine. Uh, VirtualBox also includes uh, the ability to add shared folders that are not actually Samba shares, but the Windows guest will think it's a Samba share or, you know, where you go slash slash dot host slash share name. You'll be able to access those drives again um, through a mapped drive. Um, and then you'll be able to write to them as ext3, ext4 directly from your uh, your Windows virtual machine, and then you never have to worry about compatibility. Cool. I hope that helps. But uh, yeah, it's just getting out of, outside of that thought process of thinking that the virtual machine is going to behave exactly like a physical machine because we're so used to oh, it has to be NTFS. No, it doesn't because it's it's virtual. You could create uh, a VMDK file on one of those passports, a virtual hard drive file, and mount it to your virtual machine and treat it just like a... You could even format that file as NTFS. It's wild. So much potential on what you can do with virtualization. So. Cool. Good luck. Have fun. That's what it's all about. And keep a backup. You've got three external hard drives. you got room, right? So, Good stuff. And you made Robbie's night. 
All right. Uh, here's a question from Tennessee Frank. Hey, Tennessee Frank. Says, I recently moved from Kali Linux 1.06 to Point Linux 3.0b1. Is that right? Cool. Now that Debian testing has GQRX for software-defined radio in its repos, but I'm having a problem with uh, GDEV. G-D-E-V-I. Oh, GDEV package manager. The yes, ability to package installer. Install not files. Yeah, it's not working with Debian testing. I have quite a few right. .deb packages I need to install but can't because of the problem. Any idea how I can either fix G, sorry, GW or what alternative I can use to install some .deb yeah. packages? I would For the .deb packages, that's a Debian uh, distributable installer. If you can't get it through the repositories, then you, you're going to need to use a .deb pack. But I would try to get it from a repository first. I'm not sure about the application itself. Um, but then I would jump into the terminal. And wherever your deb package is, really, really easy is to just go dpkg space dash i for install and then file name dot deb. And that will actually install your deb pack um, directly from the deb file using the command line. Um, depending on your, your setup, you probably, with point Linux, you're probably going to need a sudo so that you become super user before you run that command. And then just add the, uh, the deb file name. So... That should work for you. Let us know. Uh, but, of course, that means if you've installed it with a dev pack, you're going to have to update the package every time there's a new version. It's easier, a little more uh, simple to instead uh, install that through a repository, find a repository that will work, and, uh, and then install it through apt or through Synaptic Package Manager. That way, as updates are rolled out, you will get the updates automatically. So That's kind of a bonus feature of Linux. Great. Thanks for the question. Uh, here's a comment uh, from David and Lori Holbrook. Says, Hi, David. Hi, Lori. Good to see you on Roku. Love the show. Can't wait to share you with my techie friend. Cool. I can't wait Thought to be shared you with like... your techie friend. <laughs> That's Robbie's people. Yeah. Right? No. I get along with everybody. I try. Try. But techie friends especially. <laughs> he loves them. Love them. Yeah. Thanks for the email. I'm glad you're catching the show on Roku. Enjoy. A uh, question from Thornio. How can hey. I regain my IRC nickname? I have forgotten my password and I cannot remember what I did to register it. Can you please help? Okay. So I'm assuming that we're talking about the Category 5 I would think chat so. room. So we just have to back up a little bit and understand how does this chat room work. So this chat room is in fact a, a channel on a server called Freenode. It's an online IRC service, and they provide mm -hmm. chat service over the Internet Relay Chat Protocol, IRC. So if you've forgotten your password, it's surprisingly easy to get it back. There's something that happened when you registered with NixServe. Okay? If you've registered, you know that you did that. If you registered with NixServe, you gave them your email address. So all that we need to do is bring up the Category 5 Technology TV chat room. And the reason that we're going to do that is because then we know that we are connected to Freenode. Because that's where we're hosted. Now type slash join, which is the command to join another chat room. And we're going to type in pound, which is to designate we're about to type in the name of a chat room. And we're going to type in Freenode. That is the official chat room of the Freenode chat service. So if I hit enter there... Now you'll see that a new window has popped up at the top here, a new tab, I should say, and it's called Pound Freenode. If I click on that, you'll see there are currently 1,300 people talking at this time. Many of these people are, in fact, staff of Freenode. They have the resources, the power, the control, the magic button to send a password reset email to your registered email address. So all you have to do is in this chat room type in could an op please because we use our manners send me a password reset email for the username Robbie F. That's my registered username, right? As soon as I hit enter on that, watch and somebody's going to reply and they're going to say, oh yeah, I can do that for you. You've got your email and you're going to get an email that has your, your wow. reset switch. A little bit different because you're used to websites where you've got to click a button and then enter your information. There's no interaction. These are real people yeah, that's crazy. that are really here to help you. So there you go. That's all you need to do. Go into Freenode. Awesome. Thanks for the question. Hope that do helps. We have, do we have time for one more? Sure do. All right. 
Uh, question from Lanceman. I have no idea. I didn't even look at the clock. Uh, we're good. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Robbie. Lanceman! I asked you a question last Tuesday about installing a Kodak printer printer driver on Linux Mint 16. Oh, yes. I was unable to ago. be online during the show because my work schedule was changed at the last minute and I was working mm. during your show. That's unfortunate. I cannot find the original website where I download the file. However, the name of the file is... It's Something a, long? It's a name. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> and it was attached. There are a couple different websites that have this file available. This is one of them. Okay. Uh, it's packages.org. Uh, you may sign into my computer if you wish. You know, oh. that's cool. Um, TeamViewer is an amazing product to allow us to connect in. And I understand that you're not able to be here, Lance Man, tonight live. Um, so um, connect with me. Uh, you've got my phone number. It's on our website, category5.tv, right at the bottom, 2545cat5tv. Give me a call. We'll set something up. But uh, uh, basically, from what I've heard, and you know, some people on on uh, YouTube have made the comment. I've got a couple of emails about your question saying um, that the Kodak printers just simply are not officially supported on Linux. That's Kodak's fault. That's not Linux's fault. Okay, that's Kodak being Kodak, and uh, that's just what it is. I suggest that you know, if, if I, I always recommend Brother printers, they work fantastically well on Linux. They're excellent product, and uh, and we just we, we use them here at the show. We love them. So uh, if if you're in if you're thinking about shopping around for a comp- uh, printer, grab a brother printer. They are gonna work out of the box on Linux. Perfect. Uh, for yours, we need to go through third party drivers and things like mm-hmm. that because they're not officially developed by Kodak. Like brother develops brother actually gives you Linux drivers for your printer. Great, easy. CUPS files done. Kodak doesn't do that, so you got to go out hunting and try to find it. So you gangster? I am totally gangster, yo. Is that how gangsters talk? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm scared because there might be gangsters watching. Just smile. Might be, yeah. <laughs> um, I know we we started a couple months late, so maybe you can just do a quick run through of this. He uh, also just kind of wants to know how to sign into the chat room, which might be good for maybe some people don't sure. know how to. Just on to Category 5 on Freenode. If you go to our website, Category5.tv, just real quick here, uh, let's bring it up. Category5.tv and go to Interact and Chat Room. When we go there, there are a couple of different options. Okay, Chat Room. There we go. Uh, we can use our web chat, which is really, really easy. Use your own application, which is what I do when you see Pigeon up there. Uh, or help. If you go to help, it will actually launch a video, and that will actually walk you through um, all the information that you need in order to get up and running. Otherwise, go use our web chat. Type in your name, dude man 3 and then type in the CAPTCHA, 323-9952, and hit connect. Done. Easy, easy. Yeah, done and done. Hello. <laughs> there we are. Hi. And so then, if I go back here, you'll see the du- dude man actually. Hi. I like how he's dude man three because there might be a one in two. I figured that there might be dude man registered. I mean, that's just a really great neck. Grab it up. There you go. Hey, we're completely out of time. We are. How did that's that it. happen? There's just too many good things on the show. Too many amazing, great things. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the yeah, show. Yeah, thanks, Ed. Do check out CDNJS. Congratulations again to our winner of EcoAlkalines Batteries. Check them out, EcoAlkalines.com. Thanks to them for uh, providing the prize for us tonight uh, in lieu of Earth Day last week. And uh, just a little something to help you uh, go green. Don't forget they are available in your major stores. So check around. I don't know what stores are local to you, where you are around the world. Uh, but do, uh, you know, walk in and say, I want eco-alkalines. Do you have eco-alkalines? Please. And if they don't, say, you need to get them. Otherwise, Please. I'm not shopping here anymore. Please. Okay. Have a great week, everybody. Next week is an exciting time because we're going to have two co-hosts. Yeah. I think Erica Lalonde was. Erica Lalonde is going to be sitting in this desk. And uh, Crystal Wells is going to be all the way over, over there. there. Yeah, over there. Uh, she's going to be fielding your questions in the chat room just to try to get some, uh, make sure that we're able to cover the chat room very, very well. Uh, so pretty excited about that. And uh, it's going to be a great time. Make sure you get us an email if you've got some questions live at category5.tv. That's it. That's it. Thanks for
Krista. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Tuesday night. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 